0: Turn to Hebrews 11 for a little while this morning. this is a familiar chapter. everybody knows that it. it's called the Hall of Faith by some. and faith is defined in Hebrews chapter 11 and it's a blessing to me how the Lord chooses to define things that really he, he's able, by his grace and wisdom, to take eternal things, David and I were talking about this a while ago. Take eternal, fathomless things and make them simple, so we can understand them. That just that's remarkable and just amazing to me. We don't understand the depth of it, but you read Hebrews chapter eleven, you'll know what faith is as much as somebody can know what faith is. The gift of faith that God gives to sinners. What are what an amazing and and wonderful gift it is. And the way that he defines faith is by showing examples of what it does and doesn't do. And that's so interesting and and such a blessing to me. We could we could try to define faith. We could come up with a cold and technical definition for it, couldn't we? And the theologians like to do that, you know, define Scriptural things, and, and it, it wouldn't really mean much. It wouldn't really say a whole lot. We could say, "Well, faith is the gift of God, whereby sinners believe on believe God and believe on His Son," and and that'd be informative. But if you want to know what faith is, look at look at Hebrews chapter eleven, and, and you know he does the same thing in about love in First Corinthians thirteen. You want to know what love is? Well, you could define that. You some say it's an emotion. It's a it's an attribute, you know, whereby this, that, and the other. If you want to know what it is, look at 1 Corinthians 13. Love. Here's what it does. Here's what it doesn't do. Love is not puffed up. It doesn't vaunt itself. It, it suffers long. That's how you know what something is, isn't it? And that's what he does with faith here in this chapter. In verse 3, look at verse 3. It says, through faith we understand. What's faith? What is this thing that God gives His people, this gift of faith? We know that's the gift of God. Faith and repentance are, are gifts from God, not of works in Ephesians 2.8. That faith is not of yourself. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. And repentance, and Paul told Timothy, teach those that oppose themselves. And do it with patience, do it with meekness and Peradventure, God will give them repentance. If you teach them, if you use the means that God has given, whereby He does bestow these gifts upon sinners, peradventure, I don't know if He will or not, but He can if He wants to. He can give, he can give repentance, can He? And He gives faith and repentance to His people. And through faith we understand. We understand, we are given an understanding that we might know Him that is true. By understanding from God, we know God. And the Lord Jesus said in John 17, this is life eternal. That we might that, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. That's eternal life. You see what a gift this is? It's by faith that we understand. It's by faith that we know. Now we begin to see the weight of this thing, what God did for us when He gave us faith. And then in verse, uh, what is it, verse 11. Look at verse 11. This is an interesting verse. <coughs> Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Well, you get to thinking about that. She, By faith she conceived. What? She didn't have much to do with that, did she? She conceived seed. She received that by faith. Well, you say, well, Sarah didn't do anything there. Neither of you. Neither of I. We don't do anything. Faith is a receiving grace, isn't it? It receives from God strength and wisdom, understanding, and ability to, to, to serve Him, to do anything, to worship. Are you going to worship God this morning? The flesh isn't going to do that. It's always going to be flesh, isn't it? That's why Paul was so careful to say, It's not I, but Christ. Christ that liveth in me. We don't do it. Faith receives from God. And faith doesn't doesn't accept any glory. It doesn't. It gives God all the glory. And then, in verse 28, look at verse 28. And I'm just skipping across here. We're going to settle in verse 33. But Look at verse 28. He said, through faith, he kept the Passover. This is Moses and... Those that the Lord had given faith to there, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. What's the Passover? Well, Paul said Christ is our Passover. By faith, they believed God when he said, when I see that blood, I'll pass over you. And that's what we do too. By faith, we believe on Christ. We believe that His blood is our refuge. We believe that Christ is all, as he's saying. By faith, through faith, you see what it is that he's done. And then look at verse thirty-three, and let's just spend a little time looking at the exploits of faith. That's the title of the of the message. And we see what faith is by what it does and doesn't do. And he he mentions some names there: Gideon and Barak in verse thirty-two, and Samson and Jephthah, and David also, and Samuel, and all the prophets who, through faith, listen to some of the things. They subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness. A sinner wrought righteousness? We're going to have to talk about that a little bit, aren't we? Obtained promises and stopped the mounds of lions. He mentioned King David there in verse 32 by name, and you can't help but him when you think of this phrase here, they subdued kingdoms through faith. Through faith, you know it's one thing. Kingdoms have a habit of of uh, of attacking people, picking fights that they can't lose. But if you think about the the exploits of faith that the Lord led David, the Lord put David into some battles he couldn't win, and these other ones that are mentioned. Gideon was mentioned. The Lord said, "You got too many. You're not going up with that many." And He kept, you know, whittling them down and. I think there was 10,000 at one point, and the Lord said, Now, you they're all going to go down to the river and drink, and, and uh, there's going to be ones that drink in their hands, and there's going to be ones that lap like dogs. And that's going to be the difference. And he, uh, he said, The ones that lap like dogs, that's going to be the ones that's going to go up to battle with you. You know, I don't know for sure what that is, what all that means but I got a feeling that the ones that lapped like dogs weren't the smartest ones in the bunch, you reckon? (laughs) I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. But you got got hands, you know, you could drink out of, and you're licking the water with your tongue, you know. And there were 300 of them that did that. The Lord said, there's your army. There's your army. But who through faith subdued kingdoms? Fights they couldn't win. Faith doesn't consider the odds or the strategic advantages or disadvantages of a fight. You know what faith does? Uh, turn to 2 Samuel five. Here's here's faith. This is the faith that 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 I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. I don't I don't know. I wouldn't argue about it, but I, I believe Paul what he's talking about there in Hebrew, this is this is what he's talking about here in Second Samuel <coughs> chapter five. I apologize for the cough. I hope it's not a distraction. Look at Second Samuel. This is this is this is the faith that he's talking about. Who through faith subdued nations, chapter five and verse seventeen. <clears throat> but when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, and all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephiam. I don't know if it's Philistines or Philistines, so I'll just alternate. (laughs) The Philistines, they came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephiam. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? I'd want to know that too, wouldn't you? i tell you this, if God's willing to tell me, I'm going to ask that, if i got any good sense. I'd want to know. I wouldn't want to go up if He's not going to. Would you? <laughs> and people say, you know, what's the use of preaching, you know? What's, if God's already, you know, got an elect people, if His eternal purpose is going to stand either way. What's the point of preaching? You know, the fact that we're going to win in this thing doesn't discourage me a bit, does it, you, David? The fact that the Lord's already ordained victory... Paul said he always causes us to triumph in the preaching of the gospel. He always I know the outcome, and it doesn't discourage me a bit from doing it. It encourages me. It makes me want to preach harder and louder and plainer, doesn't it? And it David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up? And the Lord said unto David, Go up. Wouldn't that be good to hear? For I will doubtless. He could have just said, I'll deliver them. That would have been enough. The Lord come to doesn't He? To just put every fear from our heart. I'll doubtless deliver them into thine hand. And David came to Baal Parism, and David smoked them there and said, The Lord, <laughs> you know, David, he, he drew his sword and, and, uh, and probably spent all day swinging that thing. And everybody with him. And that was a hard day. And they stood there sweating and weary and bloody and said, Look what God did. And I tell you what, we better do that too. When you've done all you can do, you're an unprofitable servant, but look what God's doing. That's that's worth talking about. <laughs> and then who are we fighting? Are you in the fight? Are you in the fight? In Second Timothy two four, Paul said to timothy no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier are you in the fight you see all of this has spiritual application this is not a history book these this subduing of nations through faith are you in the battle which side are you on If you're on the Lord's side, you know that the strategic details don't make a lot of difference, do they? What matters is this. God said, go up. And He said, I'll go with you. That's all I need to know, isn't it, you? He said, you go and you preach. What's called the Great Commission. And, And if you read a little bit further, He said, I'll go with you. I wouldn't want to go otherwise, would you? I'll go with you. And before, He said... That that command, that commission, go and preach to every creature. And whoever believes what you say, I'll save them. And whoever doesn't believe what you preach, I'll damn them. That that command is couched between, before he said it, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now you go. And then after he said it, he said, I'm going with you. I'll be with you. That makes you want to go. It? <laughs> that makes me want to go. Well, if you're on the Lord's side in this thing, what matters is faith. Do you have faith from God? He said, Go, and he said, I'll go with you. And faith says, I'm going. And faith pulls the sword and does everything faith knows to do that God's given us grace to do. And then says, Look what God did. Look what God did. And don't be afraid. Just as sure. As the Lord said, go up to David. He said that to us. We don't have to wonder when it comes to the ministry of the gospel, do we? We don't have to ask. He's already said, go up. <laughs> we don't have to say, Lord, will you go with us? If we go preach, will you go with it? He's already answered that question. I'll go with you. Go and preach. And we have and we do by His grace. We do. And our gracious and mighty captain, He leads us every step of the way and gives us strength and says, Don't be weary and well-doing and in due season you'll reap if you faint not. He's a gracious, gracious captain. And people say, Well, the Lord's just not doing much in our day. you know. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if we ought to blame that on God. You reckon, Milton? I don't know about that. The Lord's just not doing much in our day. He said go up. Maybe we oughtn't blame, blame Him for that. Maybe it's time in His strength that we, that we wake up. The Scripture does say it's high time to, to wake up and, and get earnest about what matters. I believe that's, that's the Lord's Word on it. This, it's His fight, isn't it? It's His fight, and the outcome is no more in question than it was when He said to David, I will doubtless deliver them into your hand. The outcome is not in question. And so pray for me and these men that that preach the gospel, that they won't falter, that we won't falter, that that we won't blow an uncertain sound on the trumpet. And we'll pray for you, that we'll get earnest about the things of God. And then it says, through faith they wrought righteousness. They wrought righteousness. These are not meritorious works of righteousness. Christ did those. He's the only one that's ever done those. He, his, his, he. He said, "I do always those things that please the Father. If you ever do anything that pleases the Father, it'll be." How does Christ accept? Our, how does God accept our works? Have you ever thought about that? He calls them good works. We've, we're ordained to do them. He's ordained that we should do them. Right? How can He call anything we do good? How does He call you good? How does He accept you in Christ? How does He accept your works in Christ? That, 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 that's not complicated, is it? Our, these are works of righteousness because they're by faith in Christ. And by faith we obey God. And works of faith are called works of righteousness. He said in verse 1 of our text, "By without faith it's impossible to please God. But by faith these men did all these things. Enoch walked with God by faith. And, and Moses by, through faith, by faith, Moses chose to suffer the reproach of Christ rather to, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You're not going to do that but by faith. I guarantee you that. If you're given a choice like religion gives people a choice in this thing, you're going to choose the riches of Egypt every time unless God gives you faith in His Son. And then you'll choose Christ every time. <laughs> you'll choose Him every time. But by faith, you can't deny God's Word by faith. You may deny His Word, but you're not going to do it by faith. That's going to be the flesh. Isn't it. You can't by faith disobey God. You may disobey Him and you will disobey Him, at times, but you can't do it by faith. You see what he's saying here? These are works of righteousness, the works of faith. <coughs> faith loves Christ and worships Him and obeys Him. Though not perfectly, we still have this flesh and nothing we do everything we do is going to be mixed with sin sin is mixed with all I do John Newton saying, and it is but faith thinks on Christ and follows Christ works of faith are what they are because of the object of faith not because of the strength of the faith and they prayed Lord increase our faith the Lord taught them that it's not so much how much faith you have but it's Who's the object of your faith? It's the exercise. He said, if you have, you don't need but a grain of mustard seed of faith. That's all you need. If it's in Him, it's something. It's a, it's a great gift from God, isn't it? And God honors that faith. He said to that woman, Your faith hath saved you. Your faith hath made you whole. Why does He honor faith so much? Because it honors Christ, faith honors His Son. That's why. Faith honors His Son. Doing the right thing, even relatively speaking, doing the right thing. When you, when you do something you should do instead of something you shouldn't do, even though the sin mixed all in. You know, the, the, the impurities of the flesh and the limitations of the flesh, given due consideration. But fa- doing the right thing, even relatively speaking, is a function of believing on Christ. If, it's not from, if, if, if it doesn't spring from faith in Christ, it's not a work of faith. And, it, and so it's not a good work. This is the work of God, Christ said, that you believe on His Son. That's, that's got to be involved. No matter what specifically the work itself is, the work of God is to believe on His Son. And every other work will come from that or it won't be a good one. And then it says through faith they obtain promises. They obtain Promises. Now in verse 13 of of Hebrews 11 there, it says that these died not having received the promises. There were promises they didn't obtain. (coughs) And there were some that that they did. Promises of the coming Messiah, they were never received by these Old Testament saints. They didn't obtain that. The Lord said, He's coming. A virgin shall conceive and be with child. A son will be given. And his name shall be called Wonderful but that didn't happen while they were alive they didn't obtain that promise they saw them afar off and uh, i'll tell you that we may not receive some of the promises in our lifetime. the lord you know he promised his disciples i believe in john i forget which chapter john uh in the in the latter part of the book of john he said uh i go to prepare a place for you that's where i'm going i'm going to go to the cross i'm going to die for your sins and and there's going to be a place for you where I am. And, and once I go and do that, I'm going to come again. I'm going to come again. You reckon we'll obtain that promise in this lifetime? I don't know. People say, well, I think we will. Well, that's a good opinion to have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We might. We may very well. I'll tell you this, when Paul talked about it in 1 Thessalonians 4, he ex- sounded like he expected to, didn't he? Listen to the way he said it. He said, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. This would be a good place to be, wouldn't it? Even this wicked, nasty, sin-cursed earth. It'd be alright to be here at this time. He'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And he, he said he coming down himself. He's not going to send a messenger. He said, I'll come again and receive you. And that's what Paul said he's going to do. He himself shall descend from heaven. And the dead in Christ will rise first. If we're still here, we'll watch that happen. We'll see his saints come out of the graves. Wouldn't that be something? Come out of the graves praising him, shouting his glory and praise. And then, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Oh good, we're going to get to see Mama again. Well, that's not what Paul talked about. To meet the Lord in the air. He wanted so much to be with him, didn't he? I have a desire, he said, to depart here and to be with Christ. That's what heaven is, to be with Christ. He said to that thief, today you'll be with me. That's all I need to know. To be with Christ, Paul said, because that's a lot better than this. This is alright if we know Him, isn't it? But that's a lot better. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But you notice he said, we which are alive and remain. He expected to be one of them. I kind of do too. It would be alright, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be alright. But whether we do, he, he promised. I'll tell you this. We may or may not obtain that promise. These, these men of faith, they didn't obtain all the promises. They died not having received many of the promises. But by, through faith, they obtained some promises too. And we have too, had not we? We have too. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, promised me in His Word. He said to all sinners, He said, "If you're he- if you're heavy laden, you're laboring and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. I got that one. By His grace, I've obtained that. Are you resting in Him? He said, I'll give you rest, and He made good on it, didn't He? Well, you talk about rest. When you cease from your own labors before God and count them with Paul as dung, filthy rags, and fall into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ who lived for us and died for us, you'll find out what rest is then. And he's, he, he's, good, he's good for it. He said, I'll give you rest. It's His to give. You come to Him, He'll give it to you. We've obtained that promise, haven't we? And what a sweet promise. And I'll tell you this, when He left this earth again in John chapter, I don't remember exactly which, I think 14 or 15, He said, I'm going. And, and, and He said, don't be afraid. They were, they were, weren't they? I would have been too. They left everything to follow Him. And He said, I'm going to leave you now. He said this, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I've obtained that one. I guarantee if you're one of His this morning, you're saying, that's a promise I've obtained. He comes to me. He promised to be with us here this morning. We met in His name. By His grace, we meet in His name. He said, I'll come to you. And He said this too. He said, "I'll, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And here's what He'll do. He'll take the things of mine and show them to you. Promise obtained. He does that when His Word is preached, doesn't He? The Holy Spirit comes and takes the things of Christ and reveals them to His people. We've obtained some sweet promises, haven't we? In this life. The forgiveness of sins. There is therefore now promise obtained no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus that's why we can rest because God's not mad at us anymore he never was when we found out we rested didn't we we found out about it oh my promises all through this life and following our Lord Jesus Christ there he leaves those handfuls of purpose doesn't he for us to gather up and rejoice in promises that we obtain we may not obtain all of them in this life, and sure enough, we won't. He's already glorified us. and We're we going to have to leave here to, to obtain that one, but that will be all right, won't it? And then they stopped the mouths of lions. And you notice that this exploit here is attributed to the faith of Daniel. It's attributed to Daniel, among others, that, that, that did this. You know, David, he stopped the mouth of a lion that was trying to kill his father's sheep. What a, what a gospel picture that is. He's defending the, his father's sheep, and he killed, he stopped the mouth of a lion, and Samson stopped the mouth of a lion that was trying to kill him, <coughs> but <coughs> you thought of Daniel, I'm sure, when when we read this, stopped the mouths of lions, it's attributed to Daniel, but let's listen to the, you know, King Darius, he didn't want Daniel to, to be eaten by the lion, he loved Daniel, didn't he? And some of Daniel's enemies tricked the king into, you know, passing that law that, that basically condemned daniel before before he ever passed it and uh and so the, so that the king had to if he's going to keep his own word he had to put daniel in the lion's den but he came in verse 20 of daniel 6 he came to the den and he cried with a lamentable voice unto daniel he was afraid that you know daniel's going to be tore up and he said unto daniel it says the king spake and said unto daniel O oh, daniel servant of the living god well, wouldn't you like to be addressed that way? <laughs> Servant of the living God. Is thy God, whom thou servest, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? And then said Daniel unto the king, Here's what faith does. This, this was attributed to Daniel. It's, it's saying, Daniel, through faith, stopped the mouth. We know who stopped those lions' mouths, don't we? Faith doesn't receive it, it doesn't accept any glory. Daniel said, O king, live forever. My God hath shut the lion's mouths. He knew who did it. Faith knows. You know, these things are attributed. These, these good works that we are said to do in God's word, that were ordained unto them. Paul said, it's not I, but Christ. It's Christ. And faith always talks like that. And you know, again, there's spiritual application here. That we're, we're told the devil is our adversary, and as a roaring lion he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And then in verse Peter that was first Peter 5.8, in verse 9 it says, Whom resist steadfast in the what? The faith. That's the only way it's going to happen. By that gift that God gives us. by faith. Stop the mouths of lions. And then verse 34, back in Hebrews 11, they quenched the violence of fire. (coughs) That's probably about as far as we'll get this morning. They quenched the violence of fire. We learned something wonderful about faith in in this case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the violence of fire was quenched. You know, this wicked world and its godless religion says bow down to the gods that we've made, that we've made. Listen to Daniel chapter 3 verse 15 the the latter part of that verse this king this wicked king Nebuchadnezzar he said you fall down when all of these musical instruments are blaring and sounding and the cymbals are banging and all this stuff you fall down and worship the image which i have made then it'll be all right with you Now who is he really saying to worship Did you notice the language there the image which i made and that's what when when sinners worship an idol they worship in themselves is who they worship they worship in the one that they made and an idol i guarantee you an idol every time it'll serve you if you ever meet the living god you'll say with paul lord what can i do for you but an idol is about what it can do for you it's the opposite isn't it and that's what we worship money and you know things like that that can do something for me and it's us that we're worshiping. It's not the rock or the totem pole or the God of your imagination. It's you you're worshiping. If you're worshiping anybody but the living God. The issues between Him and you. It always has been and it always will be. Who's on the throne? You or God? That's the question. Well, nobody's stupid enough to think that they're on the throne. Oh, my. Everybody thinks that except the ones that God's turned the light on for But he said, you fall down and worship the image I made, and it'll be all right with you. But if not, you'll be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, through faith they quench the violence of fire. Now you listen to what faith is here. They said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, if if these are the terms, you've, you've said, if we don't bow, you're going to throw us in there. Okay, if that's the way it's going to be, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from you. Think about that for a second. He's able to deliver us from the fire. But He will deliver us from you one way or the other. Now that's faith, isn't it? It doesn't go beyond what God has said. Faith is not believing that God will do what you want Him to do. That's what religion says. Oh, this is what we want, so we'll just believe to receive. That's not faith. Faith is believing God will do what He said He would do. I don't know whether He'll deliver me from this fire or not, but I know this. He said your enemies won't triumph over you. This king is not going to have the last say. He will deliver me from this king. He said he would. The fire, he may or may not. And listen to what they said. If not, if if he lets us burn up, we want you to know something. O king, we will not serve your God, nor worship the golden image which you've set up. Faith does two things here. Something it doesn't do is go beyond God's Word. It doesn't presume upon God's grace, does it? Lord, if you will, you can. You haven't said you will. I don't know if you will, but I know you can. I know you can. And then, here's what it does. It believed Him. It believed what He said. Not beyond what He said. It didn't presume upon his grace, but if god said it he'll do it he said i've spoken it shall i not perform it and faith believes that and then i'll tell you this too secondly there in verse 18 faith worships only him we're not going to worship your god that god the other god any god we're going to worship our god that's faith that's faith we find out what faith is in this good chapter don't we and, and God, give, if, I tell you this too, if He gives you faith in His Son, He's given you His Son. These ones, they not only believed Him and spoke like they did, but when they looked in that furnace, they saw four in there and not three. Not only did they have faith in Him, they had Him right there with them in that fire. And that's the blessing of God. Through faith, we understand. Through faith we receive. Through faith we believe on and worship Christ. When God sees the blood, He'll pass over us. The mercy from God is in the blood. And through faith, the last word this morning is from chapter 12, verse 2. Here's what faith does. In chapter 12, verse 2, here, this is faith talking. Us talking, those who have faith in Him, looking unto Jesus. The whole way, in everything, no matter what, looking unto Him. Well, who is He? He's the author of our faith. That word means this, that by which anything begins to be. (laughs) My faith began to be because of Him. Because He caused it to be. And he's the finisher of it. Faith looks to the one that gave it, and that'll accomplish it.